Cheryl, did you hear that? Yes, I did. The Lord is good. He'll give you everything. The Lord is Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And welcome to Refuge from the Storm, our Saturday evening worship service. Today is August the 18th. It's the third date. And we say welcome. Uh, welcome to our regular and returning listeners. And welcome, welcome to any of our uh, visitors that we may have on the line. And we say, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his and he is faithful to all generations. We say he says, Come unto us all come unto me all who labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest. Uh, this afternoon I bring you greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. And again, we say welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We don't take for granted your presence here today, and we're just happy to have you here with us to worship the Lord. Today our serving team will consist of Reverend Millicent Black, who will deliver the preached word. Elder Carolyn Cunningham will serve as our worship. I ask you please to mute your phones, your personal phones. Thank you. And Sister uh, Cheryl Harvey will lead us in an opening hymn. And we'll have uh, Sister Cassandra Lewis again serving as our faithful talk show manager and music coordinator assisted by Sister Helena Thompson. Sister Sister Lewis will lead us in altar prayer. She takes us to the throne of grace. And Sister Kim Straub will extend the invitation of discipleship in response to the preached word. A reminder of our regular gatherings for the week. This coming Wednesday night, please join us for our small group Bible study. The title of the lesson will be Practicing Genuine Love, and that's August the 22nd, this coming Wednesday. The scripture reading will be Romans, the 12th chapter, the 9th through the 21st verses. Also, Pastor Millicent would like to invite you Mondays through Fridays to meet us at our early morning prayer call that starts at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. 
5.30 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8.30, excuse me, 3.30 a.m. Pacific Time. That's Monday through Friday. <clears throat> A reminder, our prayer focus for this month, we ask you to join in prayer as we seek to become a stronger and more effective house of prayer. We're praying for an increase in our early morning prayer call and upon its return, our Saturday morning prayer call. We're asking for strength and um, a continuity in our weekly prayer times, our personal prayer times. Let's always pray that we are clear-minded and controlled so that we seek God's first face first to pray continually and to pray thankfully for all he has done and all that we expect him to do. We also want you to pray that God will continue to use us to stand in the gap for others. Please remember that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. So when you enter your prayer prayer closet this coming week, again, please remember to include your immediate family, your extended family. Also pray for members of Refuge from the Storm Church, as well as PIs in North America and around the world. Please pray for issues of the day when you hear something on the news or someone shares something with you and God, the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart, please pray for those issues of the day. It does make a difference. Don't forget to pray for our cities, our states, counties, our parishes, our regions, and our nation. Please pray for our leaders at a national and local and state level. And please pray for influencers around the world. It's school time, so continue to pray for our educational system, for all our teachers, our students, our administrators at all levels, whether it's uh, pre-K, kindergarten, middle school, high school, college, and at every educational level. Also a reminder, please uh, send your prayer requests during the week to our church email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com, and I will immediately pass those prayer requests on to Pastor Millicent or Minister Juanita. As we go through this uh, evening service, as always, please remember that um, we want to show reverence throughout the service and respect to whoever the speaker is at the time. So please uh, be reminded to mute your personal phone uh, where we may have uh, extra distracting noise that uh, come from other sources. Sometimes on our personal end, we have uh, background noise, and it picks up really easily, and it may throw off the, the speaker at that particular time. So Please be cognizant of that, and we ask you please to mute your phones as necessary because everything comes over the, the, the amplified line. So thank you very much for your attention, and if all of our hearts and minds are clear, we're going to focus our hearts and our minds on worshiping the Lord and pray as we uh, go through the service and invite the Holy Spirit in to indwell us 
and to make this a fruitful service, worship service, as we turn our attention to the Lord. We ask for the Holy Spirit and his anointing to fall fresh on us at this time. We're going to ask Sister Cheryl to come and lead us in an opening hymn, and after that, Elder Carolyn Cunningham will lead us through the rest of the service. Amen. Amen. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks the Lord. Um, the song that I'm singing um, is really just a simple declaration of who God is. It's called You Reign um, by William Murphy. My God reigns, our God reigns, Lord, you reign above every name. My God reigns. Our God reigns, Lord, you reign above every name. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign, Lord. Hallelujah. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. Our God reigns. Our God reigns, Lord, you reign above every name. Our God reigns, our God reigns, Lord, you reign above every name. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign, Lord. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. Oh, my God reigns, our God reigns, Lord, you reign above every name. My God reigns, your God reigns, Lord, you reign above every name with power and majesty dominion authority you reign hallelujah lord with power and majesty dominion authority you reign oh my god reigns our god reigns Lord, you reign above every name. My God reigns. Your God reigns. Lord, you reign above every name. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign, Lord. Hallelujah. Power and majesty. Dominion, authority, you reign. Oh, my God reigns. Our God reigns. Lord, you reign above every name. My God reigns. Our God reigns. Lord, you reign above every name. With power and majesty, 
dominion, authority, you reign. Hallelujah. And over our circumstance, you've given us another chance. Lord, you reign. You reign, Lord. You reign, Lord. You reign. Hallelujah. You reign, Lord. You reign. You still reign. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Cheryl, for opening Amen. up the service with such a powerful worship song. Amen. The scripture selected today is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 2. For there is nothing covered that will be uncovered, nor hidden that will not be known. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for all things in all circumstances. We thank you for your perfect peace in these circumstances. In our humanness, we are unable to have perfect peace, and we rely on you to be our peace. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your truth in your word that protects us from all harm when the evil forces come against us. You are our shield from the enemy, and we can always rely on you. We thank you for the many chances you give us when we fail to live up to your standards and most frequently when we fail to trust in you and your promises. We are weak and want to rely on our own devices, and we beg for your forgiveness. We are impatient and want immediate answers and an end to our suffering when we want it to end and not when you deem it to end. Please forgive us when we allow ourselves to be tricked by the enemy, but we praise you in your omnipotence when you repeatedly give us opportunities to show our loyalty and total dependence on you, Most Holy One. Help us to fully embrace the words in Luke twelve two, for there is nothing covered that will be uncovered nor hidden that will not be known. Thank you for your holy words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Now let us listen to what a friend we have in Jesus by the late, great Aretha Franklin. That will be followed by the altar prayer, which will be offered today by Sister Cassandra Lewis.
Almighty, Almighty and most merciful Father, we come humbly before you asking that you forgive us our sins, trespasses, and transgressions. Pardon us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Create in us clean hearts and renew steadfast spirits within each of us. And also, dear Lord, instill in us the obedience and a desire to forgive others their sins against us so that by you we may be forgiven our own sins. Lord, we humbly, urgently ask you in your great goodness to destroy all evil and damaging technology with which we have to daily contend. Grant us weapons, strength, endurance, and wisdom while we resist mind and body assaults from Satan and his workers. Establish in us that we need only to put on your whole armor and then to stand firm because you said that the battle is not ours but yours. Graciously listen to us as soldiers who call upon you that, armed with your power, we may advance from victory to victory and watch you crush the oppression and wickedness of our enemies. Most precious God, we will establish... in our hearts and in our minds, that when we are pushed to the edge of difficulties, we will trust you fully because only two things can happen. Either you'll catch us when we fall or you'll teach us how to fly. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, we can declare that we have the grace we need for today, that we are full of power, strength, and determination and that nothing we face will be too much for us. Lord, through your joy and power imparted to us, we will overcome every obstacle, outlast every challenge, and come through every difficulty better off than we were before. This is our declaration through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you establish justice and restoration in our lives. In Jesus, Yeshua's precious name, and by the power of his blood, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Now let us listen to another worship and praise song from Sister Cheryl in preparation for the message, which will be delivered today by our pastor, Reverend Millicent Black. Mm-hmm. How deep the Father's love for us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of fearing loss. The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one. 
bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that left him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has bought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, nor wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Amen. That was actually one of the songs that I listened to. Can you all hear me? Yes. Yes. That was actually one of the songs that I was listening to and uh on last night or this morning I guess as as uh one to add to our list and narrow down. So thank you so much, uh, Sister Cheryl for singing those wonderful selections for us and also Cassandra. Catch us before we fall. He will either catch us before we fall or teach us how to fly. That is a profound statement. As we talk about how deep love is for us. I am so appreciative of being with you all this afternoon and thank God for another opportunity to share with you. I give honor to the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is always appropriate to acknowledge the ministry team and to tell you how much I appreciate you, which I do. I also want to recognize our mentor, Reverend Dr. Robert E. Jones, who has been with us since this was a project during my seminary days. I appreciate each of you for all that you do. I don't take it for granted that you, those of you who are on the ministry team, that you work with me and making this church what God would have it. I don't take for granted those of you who came to share in the service this afternoon and for those of you who have decided to join Refuge from the Storm Church, I appreciate each of you. Sister Cassandra Lewis and Sister Helena Thompson manages this call each week by playing our opening music. They also play the music during the service and record the, the service. 
Please be aware that they are instructed to mute if necessary, and this helps us to maintain reverence of the service. Sometimes there's background noise, maybe movement in your home or talking in your home that can begin become distracting, and so we try to control that as much as possible by muting if necessary. If we mute you and uh, you are still muted at the end of the service and you want to share in the prayer time, I think star six will unmute you. To God be the glory that though we live all across the United States, from California to Washington, D.C., and to Washington State, to St. Louis, Missouri, from Tennessee, to Vermont, Massachusetts, and even into Florida and Georgia, and Canada, you would not know that we're working together by God's grace through phone calls and conference calls and emails. So the very technology that is being used to wreak havoc in people's lives, God is allowing us to use for his glory. And I am ever so thankful for that. Our scripture this afternoon is coming from Psalm 89. I'll be reading verses 1 through 4 today. This is part one of a two-part message. Entitled, Love Has Already Won. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for your presence and for your power, God, in our lives. I thank you, Father God, that in spite of the trauma, the torture, the terrorization, God, in spite of all that the adversary would throw at us day after day, oh God, you are still God. Thank you, Father God, that we put our trust in you, Father, that we know we can depend on you, God. We thank you, Father, that everything that is done, oh God, that is against the law of God and of man, Father, you see it and you know it. How great, how deep is your love for us, God. We join the Apostle Paul who who asked you to allow us to experience the depth and the length and the breadth and the width of your love for us, God, that love that surpasses knowledge, oh God, help us to get into that place where we just can't understand the love you have for us. Father, we thank you now that as we turn to the word, we ask you, oh God, to bless this your word, oh God, and bless this your your messenger. Oh God, I do indeed choose to decrease that you might increase in me. I thank you, Father for your faithfulness to speak to me in spite of all of the opposition that comes at me night after night to come between you and I. Father, thank you that you live in my heart, and I invite you to stay. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord. Ever with my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations, they lie. The title of the message again is Love 
has already won. This week's message is the introduction to a two-part message on the questions we ask ourselves, each other, and God when things do not work out the way we expect them. In the time frame we expect it, nor through the people we expect to be the channel of our blessings. You know how when we pray, sometimes we get in our minds that God's going to do it on a certain day at a certain time, and we even think we know who he's going to use to bless us. I remember praying and asking God for help, and then I would wait on a certain person. No, what I'm saying to come and say, God told me to do this for you, and it's I don't think it's ever worked out the way I expected. One time there was, uh, I had a need. I wanted my girls to have some encyclopedias in our home. And I didn't, I just knew I could not afford to buy a set of encyclopedias. And it seemed like only the elite had encyclopedias in the home. Otherwise, you had to go out to the library to use the encyclopedias and one day, my wife, my boss's wife, uh, came to talk to me, and she was talking to me about encyclopedias that she sold. She sold World Book Encyclopedias, and she said, Milton, I can tell you how to get a set of these encyclopedias for your home. And she shared with me how to get the encyclopedias, and I did what she said, and we ended up with a set of encyclopedias. A blessing from God is what she became. And over and over, she, that one woman, blessed me in so many ways that I never expected. Never expected that God would do it for me that way. We, like the prophets, go through life, though, asking the question, where is God when? Now, you at the end of that sentence. Where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when people are me? Where is God? When I'm getting beat up after night or day after day, where is God when my car stops on the side of the road or when my bank account doesn't have enough money in it? Any any, any unanswered question in your mind that sentence with, where is God? When my job suddenly ends, when we get a diagnosis that's not favorable to life, where is God when our enemies... <clears throat> seem to be winning, and all will be lost, or we're almost, we've already lost too much. Where's God when I lost my house? Where's God when I couldn't pay my car note and they repossessed it? Where is God? The psalmist just goes through a lot of phrase phases in the entire Psalm of one of, of Psalm eighty nine, but we're gonna look at this just the beginning of it. I know one woman who in seven days, y'all, this is a true story, much like Job lost everything she owned. Literally <clears throat> she came out <clears throat> with the clothes on her back, her purse and her pet. She was asking, where's God? She found herself without her clothes, not even a change of clothes. 
She had lost her home that she had shared with her family through perp chaos. So the home remained, the family remained. She was asked. She lost her job because she needed a computer to work on, and she didn't have a home to put the computer in, even if she had it. And her check from the job was being deposited in the bank account of the family member that she was not alienated from. She had to return her now sabotaged vehicle to the bank. And the borrowed vehicle she was driving to her new destination to live in, y'all, it suddenly caught fire and burned. Now, I'm sure she felt justified in asking the question, where is God? Someone needs to mute your phone, please. <clears throat> she escaped that burning vehicle with her life, her purse, and what she was wearing. She would have been a good candidate to ask, where is God? And does God really love me? Cassandra, you're going to have to try muting some people. <clears throat> now, I'm not making this up to make an interesting introduction. This is the real story of a real woman who has lost for at least seven years as one who is called a military target. Really, she is a victim of domestic terrorism. The purpose of a rope course, and I've told this story before, it's actually true. The purpose of a rope course is to build trust and to encourage teamwork. Y'all going to have to talk me a moment while I try to find that more. Gloria, you might have to put your your, uh, computer, you may have to take that out until later. I think it may be. Maybe the problem. For some reason, it doesn't like two of the same in the same house at the same time. <clears throat> so the purpose of a rope course is to build trust and to encourage teamwork. By the end of the course, you're supposed to trust your partner so much that you're willing to fall from a tree into his arms or her arms. <clears throat> Usually it's a group of people, so you're going to fall into their arms. Much like a child who jumps into his or her father's arms or mother's arms in a swimming pool of water without even considering that they'll be dropped. Why? Because the jumper is sure of the love of the one into whose arms they are jumping. The one with his arms open wide has proven to be trustworthy by the one who is being asked to jump into my arms. I don't think it was one jump that proved that the catcher could be trusted. It was the time after time catch 
that assured the jumper that there was enough care in the heart of the catcher that he or she would not be dropped when they jumped. This is the position that God has placed us in day after day when God tells us to go and do or go and say, no matter what it is, our trust causes us to obey God because of our assurance that God will be with us. We have become so sure of the love of God for us and God's assurance that we will not fail, that we move out of God's past faithfulness. You know, it's when I pray God answers, when I ask God provides, maybe not in the way I expect, but in the way he sees best. And sometimes that the answer is wait, and it's in the waiting that we've had so much distress. This is the kind of love, though, that the psalmist refers to in the pericope today. In fact, an important lesson is being taught to Christendom today about the difference between God and man. God is not moved by the events that are occurring in the world today. God created the world with the knowledge that unless God controlled every aspect of man's life, man would never be able to stay the course. Now, that's what we're dealing with today. God's proven to man what's in himself. God's proven to us what's in us. God's showing us that we can stay the course because he's in us. We've invited him into our lives and asked him in to stay. God created the world with the knowledge that unless God controlled every aspect of man's life, unless God made man made men puppets, then men would never be able to be trusted. But God had to give us the option. God had to give us the option of yielding to the control of the Holy Spirit with our own decision-making power. The unfortunate thing is that everybody's going to yield to somebody. So if we yield to God, we yield to the good. And unfortunately, some people yield to Satan, and there we've got conflict. God knew that man's heart was wicked and would always be drawn off by the glim, the glitter, the glamour, and the greenback. Did y'all get that? The glim, the glitter, the glamour. And the greenback is what attracts man's heart. Man, even in the days of the Bible, was often found getting in trouble over money and inheritance, if you will. The next thing that was often a stumbling block for man, and not women, no offense to the men, were women. Women was often a stumbling block of for men. That's not our fault, ladies. The female species was one that often drew men into sin, as we would read in the Bible. The queen's lies on Joseph caused the king to put Joseph into prison. Delilah's beauty bewitched Samson so much so that he told the secret of his strength, and you all know the story after that. Ahab and Solomon allowed women to bring their idol worship into the Hebrew camp. It was this idol worship that caused the break 
in the children of Israel that God had prophesied to David during his kingship. It was the foreknowledge of the destruction of the Davidic kingdom that caused God to covenant with David before it ever happened, much like he covenanted with Abraham before he ever had a son. The covenant said that God would always provide an heir to sit on the throne of David's kingdom. So God had, before the world began, prepared Jesus. Jesus became our link to the Davidic kingdom, and now we are king's kids through Jesus. Psalm 89 is called one of the prophetic complaints, much like the the book of Lamentations, which was written by Jeremiah, and the book of Habakkuk. This psalm was written by Ethan the Ezraite. Ethan is called a songwriter and an author. Ethan's father' name was they they believe was named Zira. He had four brothers and was of the tribe of Levi. So Ethan was a priest. First Chronicles mentions Ethan as being involved in bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Psalm 89 is also called a royal song because it involves the the Davidic covenant and the questions that is asked, that are asked are about the promises from God to David. Now the word lament gives us a meaning of a passionate expression of grief or sorrow over what appears to be the absence of God during the hardship of Israel. Haven't you had some grief and some sorrow over what appears to be the absence of God during the hardships of your life? Ethan asked God the question, has the defeated covenant failed? Has God reneged on God's promises to God's people? You know, we could ask the same question. Aren't we asking these questions today? Have not people uttered these words to us or we've inquired in our own hearts? What do we do when it looks like God isn't coming? Our enemies seem to be winning. Our heads are bloody yet unbowed, and we've held on about as long as we can. We ask the question, God, did you see what they're doing to us? Are you coming to help us? You remember when John the Baptist was in prison and he asked Jesus, sent the question to Jesus, are you the one or should I look for another? Ethan seemed to be asking these questions of himself and of God as he remembered the Davidic dynasty and the promises that God made to David about his throne. Ethan did not seem to query God about David's failures with Bathsheba, with Absalom, or with Solomon even. No, Ethan knew that God was not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Ethan remembered Israel in the Moabite territory and God's defense of Israel, even against Balaam when Barak wanted them to be cursed. Ethan knew that once God decreed a thing, who could annul it? 
And once God has started something into motion, who could turn it back? In light of these considerations, we, like the psalmist, can be confident that in spite of our failures, God's love has already won on our behalf. Grace has made a way for us, even in our inability to stand or to keep on standing. Y'all remember I read a poem once that was called Don't Quit. And the very last last lines of that poem says, Stop and rest if you must, but do not quit. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord and remember God's faithfulness is how this pericope began. There's actually a song, uh, uh, a worship song from these words. God's steadfast love and faithfulness, like God's provision and protection, are attributes of God's character that we can depend on. David himself, when facing Goliath, remembered how God's protection showed up when the lion and the bear came to attack the sheep. It was David's times of worship that allowed David the knowledge of God's love. That was his rope course, if you will, out in the sheep field with the sheep, worshiping his Savior, but then along comes those to attack. Then it was God's protection that showed David how love acts towards the love or the beloved. Jeremiah was feeling beat up and beat down by God when he began to write the book of Lamentations. He was indeed feeling sorrowful and depressed about his position and his condition. But when Jeremiah looked at the faithfulness of God to his promises, he made himself happy and wrote, These things I recall to mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is because of the Lord's mercy, his seed, his covenant of love, that I am not consumed. His compassion fail not. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The songwriter goes on to say, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, every morning. Mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. The psalmist goes on to remind God of God's promise. In verse 2, I have made, this is actually verse 4, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have one to David, my servant. Have you ever reminded God of his promises? That's one of the most important things of knowing the scripture. But when we know what God has said, we can remind him of what he said. And the word of God says he watches over his promises to perform them. You might remember a message that I preached early in, in the life of this church. It was entitled In Search of the Chosen. This message was about anointing the anointing of King of David as king. You might remember that this selection came just after God withdrew God's approval of Saul as king of Israel and while David was only about 17 years old. When Samuel received the commandment by God to go to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel, 
God only told Samuel where to go. He did not tell him who to go to. So the story goes on. It says when Samuel gets to Jesse's house, he sees the oldest son first, and he says, well, this must be the one. He's tall and he's handsome and he looks strong. And God says, no, 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 that's not the one. You're looking at the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the heart. So one by one, Jesse paraded his sons by Samuel until finally Samuel looked at him and says, is this all you have? Because the oil wasn't coming out the cool. And God never issued his approval. So Samuel sent for David, the little boy out in the sheep field that nobody thought was important. But God was already working, his worked himself and his way into David's heart. And while David was out there by himself looking at the sheep and watching over them and rescuing them from the streams and from anything that would come to attack them, God was looking at David's heart. God was seeing in him in David himself someone who would look after the people, someone who would not shriek back when trouble came, someone who would always seek God's faith first. Did God know that David was going to have some failures in his life when he sent Samuel to anoint him as king? Of course he did. God knew that the kingdom would be divided because of idolatry brought into the camp by David's own son. We're talking about the one that God went to and said, what can I give you? And Solomon said, give me wisdom that I might rule over your people. God gave him wisdom, and then he gave him everything else. And a woman, a woman brought him down. But God promised to not allow the kingdom to be divided until Solomon was dead. Why did God do this? Because of his love for David and his faithfulness to his promise. Love had already won even that battle for the people of God. You have to understand that any time division comes into the camp, it's the devil who is the author of confusion. But God already knows when he's coming. He knows at what juncture He's going to stick his foot in. He knows where else he's going to get a leg in. He knows when his hip comes in to the situation or the circumstance. God sees the devil when he sticks his arm into the situation, and he surely sees when the top part of his body gets in there and when the head gets into the situation. That's when Satan begins to rule, and God sees all of it. Sometimes God intervenes right away. Sometimes he lets the whole body in there to see how we're going to react in the situation. Remember how Job reacted after all of the things that was taken from him by the devil, by Satan himself. Job and his friends thought God wasn't watching. And God waited 42, 38 chapters before he let himself be known. God's waiting even in our lives. For some of us, it's only been months. For some, it's been a few years. For others, like myself, it's been over two decades. God still has not stopped the matter, but he has not failed to show me that he's in my corner in the matter. When we talk about corners, you think about a ring. You all remember the wrestling ring? Y'all, we actually had wrestling 
cut that town sometimes. And I used it. He took me a time or two. And every Saturday night we watched the wrestling. There was always the good man and the bad guy. But they each started the match in their corner of the ring. You know what? Satan doesn't have a corner of the ring. He'll slide over to your corner if you don't watch. And before you can get out the ring, he would have already tied you to the rope. And you can't move. But God sees it. But sometimes we we will watch the ring match and there was a tag team fight going on. But that's the kind of fight we're in right now. But some of us, God allowed us to be in the ring an awful long time. All the time, God tags and he gets in the fight. And when he gets in the fight, guess what we get to do? We get to go back to the corner of the ring and rest for a minute before time, for our time in the ring again. We're talking about the love of God and how God's love has already won the battle. In the wrestling ring, by the end of the match, somebody would have won. But you know what? It's often been said that we're in a fixed fight. And a fixed fight means that it's already been guaranteed that we're the winner. It was not the worship of God that caused Israel trouble. It was the worship of the idol. It was not the worship of God that is causing America problems right now. It's the worship of idols. America is the only country in the world that has every religion of the world in it. Christianity is the only religion that's on the decline. It's not when we worship God that we have problems, winning victories in our lives. Notice I, I, I ended that with a phrase that came after the problem. It's not when we worship God that we have problems, winning victories in our lives. It's when we neglect our relationship with God that we have problems winning. We're going to have problems. Jesus has already promised that in this life. You will have tribulations and trials and pressures. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I've already taken away his power to harm you. Love won the battle. Love has already won. But the breakdown of Israel looked like the end of the Davidic dynasty. Alone, each tribe was open to defeat and enslavement. It looked like all was lost forever. But God had made a covenant with himself and sent Jesus to ensure that the Davidic kingdom would live forever. Through Jesus, we enter the Davidic kingdom, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. The same benefits that God offered to David are now offered to you and to me through Jesus. The first one is unconditional love. Romans 8 is where we find Paul asking this question, asking the devil questions. Who can separate us from the love of God? And then he goes through all of the people and the problems, and he says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Then we go on down, and the next benefit that we have is from being in covenant with God is redemption and eternal 
life in an eternal home. We're redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ also brings us into the family of God. Being in the family of God puts us in line for inheriting the promises of God. And the most important promises where I am, there you will be also. Not just for a lifetime, but for an eternity. Then we have the privilege of God knowing us by name. He said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and had appointed you as a prophet for the nation. Not only does God know our name, but Jesus said all the the hairs on our head is numbered. Now, if he knew that I had 2,531 hairs on my head and Carolyn has 6,752 hairs on her head, he had to know our names, right? Because he had to put the number by the name. That's how important God's covenant is to us. And guess what? Just like we love our children and our family members, God loves every hair on our head, enough to number them. And then God wants you to prosper and be in health. That's a covenant promise. In First John, Third John 1, it says, beloved. Notice he calls you beloved. That's a term of endearment. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. Jeremiah 29, 11, God sent the children of Israel over into Babylonian captivity, knowing they were going to have hardship. But he told David, you tell them that I know the plans, though, that I have for you. And they're plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then God gives you grace. Paul in that thorn in the flesh found him asking God three times to remove that thorn. God, take this problem away from me. God, take this perpetrator out of my life. Lord, remove all of the the waves and the frequencies being used and set to assault and to harm. And Paul says, but the Lord spoke back to me and said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. What happened to the woman that I described at the beginning of the message? That woman who in seven days lost everything, much like Job. Today that woman is is living in a home. She has a job. She has a bank account. So she can deposit her own check in her own bank account. She has promise of help to purchase a car. When she cried, God, where are you? God said, here I am. I have not forgotten you. Love has already won every battle we face. Are we hurting? Sure we are. Are we persecuted? Yep. Were you kept awake last night? I was. Does the enemy tell you day after day that his plan is to see you fail? I hear it all the time. But God says, my plan for you 
is for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Love has already won the battle that we're fighting. And Jesus, because of his love for us, took him to the cross that the war would be won. And we can walk through every day, start each day and end each day, by declaring it's Jeremiah. And Jeremiah really thought God was mad at him. He said, God, what have I done that you allow all these horrible things to happen to me? But then Jeremiah thought back over his life and all of the battles that God had already brought him through all of the times when it looked like Jeremiah was down for the count. In the ring and the even in the tag team, both of, the, both of them, the devil and his minions, was on him. But he said, but these things I recall to mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is because of the Lord's seed, because of his covenant of love, that we are not consumed. His compassion fell not. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And the songwriter added at the end of it, Lord unto me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. Hallelujah. Thank you for your very impassioned and inspiring message of trust in God and his love for us. Help us, Father God, to hold on to the words in this message. Now let us listen to a worship song, God of Another Chance, by Chester Baldwin. It will be followed by the invitation to discipleship, which today will be offered by Sister Kim. might be muted. Um, can anyone hear me? Yes. Yes. Um, I got cut off. I just called back in. Is it my turn to play the, should I be playing the song now? Yes. Okay, I apologize. Second time. Here we go. Okay, thank you. Would not be right for us to leave this place and not give someone an opportunity to receive Jesus. It's a simple act of faith to confess that you are lost and you need a Savior. Come trusting, come believing, but come. Don't put it off. Do it right now. As the choir sings.
Amen. Remember, Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of their road. Step to take on the road to salvation. Admit you can't save yourself from sin. Be willing to repent, turn from sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. For those of you who would like to accept the invitation to join the family of God, you may pray this prayer of salvation with me. Dear God, I know I can't save myself from sin. I know I am not where I want to be, and I want you for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you pray to we invite you to let us know the decision that you made by writing us at mgrace321 at gmail.com or refugefromstorm at aol.com to become a member for prayer, 
or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. After the recording has ended, at the end of this service, we will be free and available to pray with you if you desire prayer this afternoon. God bless you. Pastor, shall I stop the recording? We haven't played the closing song yet, Cassandra. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
Amen. Amen. Let us listen to final remarks and receive the benediction from Reverend Millicent. Amen. Thank you all again for being with us this afternoon. Want to uh, again express my appreciation to those of you who have participated in the service, Sister uh, uh, Gloria, Sister Cheryl, Sister Kim, Sister Paul, our worship leader, Sister to the service each week. I do want to ask that you also have to prepare and you do a wonderful job. Gloria, for some reason, I think it may be your computer. No, no. I, I, my, I have never signed. I've just, I didn't get into the Find out of I have been for a while. Okay. Okay. All right. We just see the first. I want to invite you all again uh, to Bible study on Wednesday and also to our church service on Saturday. And our, our prayer meeting on Monday through Friday from 5 to a.m. Central Time and 6 to a.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to do this and then I'm uh, uh, for just a second. Okay. As soon as I, I finish the... Uh, Benediction, then I'll unmute everyone and and uh, we can go on. So I want to just encourage each of you, read Psalms 89 in, in a meditative way. See what God would say to you. We're going to continue that message on next week. Uh, love is already one. Around verse 14, it just caught my attention this week um, as I was, as I began looking for a word from the Lord, and when I began to write and, and to think about writing, I realized that I couldn't just jump in to the middle there. I needed to start it at the beginning and talk a little bit about that. So next week we're going to be looking at uh, verse 14 of, of Psalm 89, but read the, the entire psalm. It's, it's full of, it just moves from from lamenting to rejoicing to questioning and then gets back on down there to reminding themselves again of God's faithfulness. Let us pray. After this the uh, benediction, those of you who desire prayer can stay on the call, and we will be happy to pray with you uh, at that time. 
Father, grant it the words which we have heard this day with our outward ears may through your grace, almighty God, be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good things, of good living, to the honor and praise of thy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, Cassandra, you can end the recording now. Okay.